You're listening to a sermon from St. John's Anglican in Cranbourne. To find out more about us, head to cranbourneanglican.org.au. Everyone, can I just say what a joy it is for me to be back with you. We've returned from three weeks of holidays, uh, which is a real gift to us. And so it is just a joy to be with you. I, I want you to know how much we missed you. We were away, we went to a variety of different churches, but when we were there, we were just like, we just want to be back with St. John's. And so it's a great joy to be here this morning talking about gifts that come from God. We've been in a real season of giving and receiving. In fact, in that strange season in between Christmas and New Year's where time stops making sense and calendars are thrown out the window, it was hard to go a day without hearing this question, what did you get? What did you get? It's interesting, no one ever asks, what did you give? It's always, what did you get? It's a season of getting gifts from others. And as a kid, what I worked out is that there are some people who are good at giving gifts, and there are some people who are not so good at giving gifts. My mum and dad were always excellent gift givers. They knew us, they loved us, they knew what made us tick, and they always gave gifts that were not just what we needed, but what we loved. So we have many, many memories of our parents giving gifts. My extended family, on the other hand, I swear to this day that my aunts had a meeting at some point in the year deciding which one of them would give the Lynx Africa body gel set. If we go back. Now, if you are a man, just put your hand up if you've received a set like this over the years. Ah, yeah, a few of us. Now, at some point... If someone gives it to me one year, that's fine. And if a different person in the family gives it to me the next year, that's fine. If after five years they they just change who gives it to me, it stops becoming a gift and starts becoming a thinly veiled coded message. (laughs) So I didn't always enjoy uh, gift giving from my extended family. But I wonder if that's kind of how we view the gifts in the church. But there are some gifts that are to be desired, some gifts to be enjoyed, some gifts to be lifted up, and yet there are some gifts that are not so good. It's not that they're bad, it's just that they're not as valuable as others. And what are we talking about when we talk about spiritual gifts? We're talking about abilities that God has gifted individuals within the church to build up the church to glorify the Lord, to grow the kingdom of God. They include such things as faith, as the gift of encouragement, as the gift of administration. As we heard in the passage today, the gift of tongues or healing or prophecy. Different gifts that God has given the church. And even as I speak, you might be doing a little comparison in your head. Which gift would I enjoy the most? Maybe I would enjoy the gift of prophecy more than the gift of encouragement. Maybe I would enjoy the gift of healing rather than the gift of hospitality. Well, you may have heard it be said before that comparison is the thief of joy. Well, I think in the church, comparison is the thief of service. It's hard to serve someone when you're jealous of what they have. It's hard to serve someone when you feel like the way that God has wired you, the way that God has gifted you is devalued. And that exact feeling 
of comparing the gifts, of wondering which gift is the most valuable, which gift is less important, is the same feeling that Paul is writing into in the book of 1 Corinthians. The Corinthians have evidently asked him, could you give us some insight, some, some encouragement, some wisdom in this regard? And so he writes to them and he says this. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who activates all of them in everyone. Now just note He uses three different words to describe God. He's in fact describing the Trinity. The same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God. He's talking about God the Spirit, God the Son, God the Father. The Trinity are united in their gift giving to us. It's meant to not only describe the fact that God is united, but that the gift itself is good. It comes from God and God does not give bad gifts. There are no bad gifts in the kingdom. There are no bad gifts that God gives to us. But what are the gifts? Well, Paul gives out a list of them. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. We'll get to that in a second. But this is what he describes to the church in Corinth. Here we go. Back one. Sam and I were joking before the service that we've charged all the batteries. There's going to be no tech issues. So Paul is saying this. He says, To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Go to the next one. I'm going to put this down and not touch it ever again. So what he's describing there, there's a bit of discussion, but it could either be that God gives us words of knowledge or words of wisdom, insight into situations in order for us to be helpful, or that he gives people wisdom and knowledge, insight and reflection into the character of God. To another, he gives faith by the same Spirit. He's talking not about saving faith, but there are people that God has given the church who are seemingly always optimistic, always having trust and a deep-rooted faith in God given to encourage each other. To another, gifts of healing. There are people who, when they pray for others, something happens. Healing happens. On the next slide. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discernment of spirits. There's these supernatural gifts that God has given to some in the church that they might have a prophetic word, seeing what God sees. To another, the discernment of spirits, being able to tell whether someone or something comes from the Lord or something or someone comes from the enemy. And to another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. What Paul is talking about is what has been described as a heavenly language, either the ability to speak a language that you do not speak, or a heavenly language, something that has not been created on earth to communicate, and the ability to interpret that heavenly language, those other languages, for the building up of the church. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth who is grappling particularly with the supernatural gifts of God, gifts of healing, of prophecy, of tongues, of miracles. But yet in the Bible there's a number of different lists that we could go to that describe the gifts of God. So in the book of Romans, on the next slide, uh, we go to the next one again. 
So uh, Paul again writes in Romans, we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching. Next slide. The exhorter, the encourager, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. And then in Ephesians, he talks about some different groups of people. And the gifts he gave were some that would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Next slide. Until all of us come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. And then lastly, in 1 Peter, Peter writes this, Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. And so the Bible is giving this picture of the ways that God has gifted each one of us, but also, far more importantly, is giving us a picture of how we are to use those gifts. That they be used for the building up of the church. That they are to be used to serve one another with whatever gift you have received. There are no bad gifts from God. There are no bad gifts from God. And so each one of us is to use the way that God has gifted us in order to serve each other. There's no such thing, or there should be no such thing, as a Christian on the sidelines. We're all invited into this service of the Lord. But you might very well be asking at this moment, well, some of these gifts I understand. I understand the gift of faith. I understand the gift of encouragement. I understand the gift of teaching. What are we to do with the supernatural gifts that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians? Has the age of supernatural miracles ceased? Should St. John's ask for these kind of spiritual gifts? Why don't we see them more and more and more? Well, no, I don't think the age of supernatural miracles has ceased. And yes, I do think that St. John should seek them more and more and more. But I also think there are some good reasons why we don't see more of these kind of miracles, these kind of supernatural gifts being unpacked and explored in the church. And the first is that we don't really desire them. So again, in the book of 1 Corinthians... Paul writes this. Uh, Can we go to the next one? That's an odd one. Can we go next? That was not what I had put in, but that's okay. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, he says, you should eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. So my question to you is, do you eagerly desire the spiritual gifts? Have you asked God for those supernatural gifts in the last six months? Have you asked him for the gift of prophecy or for the gift of tongues or for the gift of interpretation? I grew up in a church not too dissimilar to this where we didn't talk about those kind of things and so I can honestly say that I did not desire those spiritual gifts. I can honestly say that I did not want them. Now, why didn't I want them? Because I saw the way that other people used them, and that seems strange and weird. And we don't do what seems strange and weird. We don't do what other people do badly in the church. And so I did not desire them. 
and because I did not desire them, I did not ask God for them. And I think that's honestly a huge part of the reason that we don't see these gifts being exercised in the churches because we don't desire them and therefore we don't ask God for them. It says in Luke 11, Ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Next slide. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. Everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who if your child asks for a fish will give a snake instead of a fish. Next slide. Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? God gives good gifts, particularly when we ask Him. Have you asked God? Have you asked God to reveal your gifting? Have you asked God for these gifts? I was really challenged by this. Growing up in a church that I described, not having asked God for any of these kind of gifts before, at going to some different churches who did exercise these gifts, I was challenged not to just try and make it up, not just try and see what happened, but to ask God, to eagerly desire them. And so for the last 10 years on and off, I have been asking God in prayer for the supernatural gifts that Paul describes in 1 Corinthians. And here's been my experience. In those 10 years, I have never once spoken in tongues. In those 10 years, I have never once received a word of prophecy. But I have seen things that I can't explain happen. About six years ago, there was a name that popped into my head. I was praying, uh, and God basically just brought this guy's name into my head. This was a guy who'd gone to a youth camp. I'd seen him once for three days. Had no uh, connection to him, no relationship with him, but God just kept bringing him into my mind to pray for him. And so I, I tried to find him on Facebook. I tried to find his contact details. The church camp that we'd gone to didn't have his details anymore. And so I just, I just kept praying for him, praying and praying and praying. And after about five months of this guy's name being put into my head, I, got, I have no relationship with him. I was speaking at uh, an event and I came out the door and this guy was standing at the front door. I was like... Eddie, what are you doing here? He said, Jimmy, five months ago, I became a Christian for the first time. Like, I'm disconnected from my family. I was disconnected from the church. Uh, and some crazy stuff has been happening, but I just felt like God has been providing for me the whole way through. Five months ago, God had brought his name into my head. I think that was a word of knowledge, a word of insight. I can't explain that. There's no reason for his name to come into my head. But I think that's the kind of thing that can happen when we eagerly ask God for the gifts. But why, don't, why haven't I received the gift of prophecy or received the gift of tongues? Well, I think the way that it works in the church is that not every single person gets every gift. God gives each of us a gift, not each of us every gift. He has given you different gifts. He has given all of us the fullness of the gifts so that the church might be built up, not just one person. Just because I haven't been gifted that way doesn't mean that God hasn't gifted that to somebody else. That's why he gives us each other. So I haven't been gifted the gift of tongues. 
I don't think I've been gifted the gift of administration. And anyone who works with me would go, Amen. <laughs> I, haven't, I don't think I've been gifted the gift of evangelism. That doesn't mean that I don't pray for the gift of tongues and it doesn't mean that I don't do administration. It doesn't mean that I don't do the work of evangelism and sharing the Lord. It just means that it seems that's not the way that God has wired me or gifted me. He's given me other gifts. And in those moments, I can either be jealous of those who have received those gifts or rejoice the fact that God has given them to us to work alongside in the ministry. There are some people who just have these gifts and it just... It just pops. There was, a, I, there was a guy in my previous church, Fred, and one day he, he came to me and said, Jimmy, would you read the Bible with me? That's, that's one of my gifts, I think, teaching. And so I'd meet with him to read the Bible with him. And every single time we met, he'd talk about someone that he'd shared Jesus with that morning, someone he'd shared Jesus with that afternoon. And one day I said to him, Fred, how, like, how many people do you share Jesus with every week? He said, oh, probably about nine or ten. I go, Fred, that, like, that's... That's inspiring. That's incredible. I was like, what do you do? He's like, I don't know. It just kind of happens. Right? That's the gift of evangelism at work. God has wired him to be an evangelist. Does that mean that the rest of us don't have to be an evangelist? Of course not. We all do the work of an evangelist. It just means that God has gifted Fred to the church to do that work. God has given us each of us a gift. It says in verse 7, the reason. He says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each of us. That means that every single person in this church who trusts in the Lord Jesus has been given a gift. It's not just the mature Christians. It's not just those who are on staff. It's not just the preachers. It's not just the pastors. It's not just the elders. It's not just those who are serving. It's every single person in this building has been given a gift of God for service. Every single one of you. The manifestation of the Spirit. Manifestation is just a fancy word for showing. It means that when we see the gifts of God working in our lives that's to show the work of the spirit it's a revealing a displaying a glorifying that happens when we utilize our gifts and why for the common good god has not given us gifts to build up our own self-confidence god has not given us gifts so that we might become proud but so that we might serve the common good to build up the church to bless those around us and that means that every single one of you is absolutely vital. Every single one of you is needed in this church. Every single one of you has a mission and ministry in this church to utilize your gifting. Because the healthiest churches are the ones in which every single person has skin in the game. The unhealthiest churches are those where the majority of ministry is left to a few. And I saw when Sam was inviting people to stand up, there were some people who were getting tired. Up and down, up and down, up and down. And my prayer is that we would be a church where everyone has to serve. Everyone gets to serve. Everyone is using their gifting. Because we need you. The mission and ministry that God has given this church is too big 
to be done by a few. It needs every single person. In fact, if you are here this morning, you are a gift to this church so that we might see the kingdom of God move forward. That means that you are absolutely vital. And so my challenge to you this month, this year, this week, is to use your giftings somewhere. To use your giftings in the church in at least one place. To use your gifting outside the church in at least one place. If you have the gift of hospitality, to serve people in that way, to invite people to your home. If you have the gift of encouragement, to specifically seek out people to encourage both inside and outside the church. If you have the gift of administration, please, for the love of God, help us. (laughs) Don't sit on the sidelines. You are absolutely, desperately needed so that the kingdom of God might go forward. And if you're sitting there this morning going, I don't really know. I don't really know how God has gifted me. I don't know the gifts that God has given me. Well, let me give you two pieces of encouragement. One, get involved and you'll find out what you're good at and what you're not good at. Do less of what you're not good at and do more of what you're good at and that is a wonderful way of finding out your gifting. Get involved. And the second piece of advice would be, ask someone. If you've been coming to our church for more than a month, there would have been people who are watching you, not in a weird, creepy way, in a nice, encouraging way, who are watching you, just seeing how you operate, they will be able to see the way that God has gifted you in ways that you cannot see yourself. It is a powerful thing to ask somebody else to speak into your life, to be able to see what they see in you. So ask them. Ask people who know you. Ask people in this church who know you. What are the ways that God has gifted me so that I can get involved? Because we need every single one of you. So I'm going to pray for us now. God, we thank you for this church and we thank you for the gifts, both the gift of people that you have gifted, so many varieties of people, so many different kinds of people, so many different gifts within our people, so that we might see your gospel go forward, so that we might see the kingdom advance. God, we pray that you would place on our hearts a specific way for each and every one of us to utilize our giftings in the church. That we would not get discouraged, that we would not be dismayed, that we would not feel like our gift is a second-rate gift, that we want something else, but that we would rejoice that the God of all heaven and earth, the one who created all that is and will be, the one who is and was and is to come, has gifted us. So God, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Enable us to use our giftings to build up the church and to work for the common good, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.